thinking about how you always complain about Texas. Yeah. But I was like, has she lived there her entire life? (laughs) I know. It's the irony of... Andy's funny. Time for the show. We live in a divided world. Divided religiously, politically, and economically. Oftentimes in our world, we want to run away from tough conversations that divide us about grief, pain, and loss. We want to avoid topics like shame, guilt, and pride. We'd rather escape to our phones instead of engaging in real conversations. I know this because I do this. So I created the Winter Faith Podcast. The Winter Faith Podcast is focused on creating conversations to promote spiritual and emotional growth through faith, apathy, and everything in between. So, let's talk to each other. Yet more importantly, let's listen to each other. Let's continue the conversation. My name is Andy, and I have winter faith. Let's get into it. Guys, you are super lucky to be listening to this episode. This is an episode that I'm doing with my co-host, Kara, from the Texting and Church podcast with Kara and Andy. However, she is a guest of the Winter Faith podcast this week. I hope you enjoy this episode. She empowers women. She makes people laugh. She's a dedicated follower of Jesus. She's a great um, guest on the show. I hope you enjoy this conversation. She's traveled all over the world. Let's get into it with Kara. Texas. Yeah. But I was like, has she lived there her entire life? <laughs> I know. It's the irony of... of... You're a, where were you? You weren't born in Texas, though. No, I was born, I was born in Denver, Colorado, and which I think is the reason why I hate Texas so much. So I don't hate, yeah, well, different. I just don't, I don't hate it. I just hate the wet. Well, okay. I hate the weather and I hate the Dallas traffic. So maybe that's everything. The food's good. There's really good food here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, but like basically like at three years old, we moved to Texas cause my dad got a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and working for an oil company. So, Mm. so, I mean, and so then, I mean, that's kind of, that was kind of where we, and then, so from three, three to four here, I was in Texas. And then, um, I think when I was like in second grade, my dad got a job to be transferred to Perth, Australia. So then we moved to Perth, Australia for like a year and a half and had an experience there. Wow. Yeah. I guess I forgot that. Yeah. And then and that was awesome because I got to like hang out with kangaroos <laughs> and koalas. Yeah. How learn old how were to, you during this? Learn how to kind of play the didgeridoo. Um, second grade, third grade. How old are you? Oh, in that? that's like perfect age to do that. I know. I Great got to hang out at the Great Barrier Reef. But like, here's the deal. This was a funny story. Like, so when we first moved to Australia, we're like in a park and we're having a picnic and there's kangaroos all around. And my mom and dad are like, oh, go stand by them. Go stand by them. And so get closer and get in the picture. And then we showed some of our, when we got had a friends from Australia. They were like, yeah, you can't really stand that close to you because they'll like kick you in the face. They really will. If you like, they'll get on their tail and kick you in the face. And my mom was like, what? So, you know, putting us in danger the first, first week or so we were there. It was super fun. Well, I'm talking so, to my friend, Kara. 
how how are you today? How's it going, Kara? Um, I'm good. I'm tired. <laughs> You're tired. Yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of work stuff going on. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. funny that we haven't done an episode on the Winter Faith podcast because we've done like five episodes together. I know. So mm-hmm. people kind of like know who you are. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't done like a you know as formal as I get. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a five podcast, kind of a big deal kind of gal. Yeah. Um, some funny (laughs) things have happened. People have asked me like, um, where is that other podcast? Cause I like, I really like Kara. What other, (laughs) what other, what other podcasts? What do you mean? Cause I'll put some of our episodes from episode and people will be like, yeah, I really like her. Um, (laughs) when is she going to be on more? (laughs) <laughs> um and then somebody else you're welcome me. andy yeah <laughs> you're thank welcome. You. um you've probably got me some listeners that way um people have thought we were married uh-huh had that happen like no <laughs> no I, yeah. she's yeah. with our two kids right now hanging out with people driving that's, across town in the hot weather Ugh, that's a crazy uh, job so yeah being a mom is a crazy job it's a good job i hear but it's a crazy job well doesn't always pay very well. No. <laughs> In fact, it probably pays worse. <laughs> that I would say. Um, but yeah, the, so yeah, I've gotten some fun from uh, feedback. Yeah. Well, that's good. Some of our episodes. So we get to talk quite a bit. That's super nice. Um, what Hi, is, everyone. I'm here on Andy's podcast. Yes. Just for you. Just for you lovely people. Just for you, all 11 <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Where do you want to start? I sent you a bunch of questions. You did. Well, I also want want you to. Um, my first question was about like church memories growing yeah, up. Church memories, yeah. So we can start there. Um, What's the difference? No. Yeah, we'll get into that. Let's start with the church memory. Tell me. Okay, but really funny, real quick. You're gonna have to yeah. define the word levity for me. <laughs> levity is like lightness. <laughs> Ah, okay, thanks. <laughs> like if um I get that okay. question actually quite a lot quite a oh, bit. You do? Okay, I don't good. Know why I don't just change it, but I mean make it a layperson's word, Andy. Come on. Levity <laughs> is too it's big not of a that word. Part of a word, is it's it? It's a big word. It's a big word. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Tone it back, Andy. Tone it back. Yeah. Lightness. <laughs> okay, that's good. All okay. Right. The church so, memories. Yeah, what is, what do you got? Speaking, speaking of memories, church memories. So like, I think some of my, some of my fondest church memories, um, are, I was trying to think about this the other day when you sent these questions, but some of my fondest ones are, um, I had a, a grandma and she, she lived in Ohio. And so like every summer we would go visit her in her, her little church of Christ church of like maybe 60 people and just being able to sit by her, and, um, and just sing, sing those old hymns. Those are always super fun to, and like to this, this day still, like when I hear an old hymn, like I can't sing it. Like I just can't, like, I just start bawling. Like I've experienced the saddest thing in my life, you know? So I can't, cause she just has like, it's just a really great memory of being able to sing the hymns with her. And she was a really short lady. So like when she would sit in the pews, her legs would like dangle and so as she's like singing these hymns, she would like, you know, dangle her little feet, like, you know, 
a three-year-old little kid. And so that's always a great memory. And then we had like really another great memory is, um, the church I went to when, when I was living the times I was living in, um, in Texas and in the Houston area, like we had this lady and we called her the candy lady. And she was just really great. Cause after church, she would just have like a whole big bag of candy and you could like walk up to her, grab a whole thing of candy. And like, she did that for like, I don't even know. I mean, up until her nineties, you know, and she finally passed away, but she, so the candy lady, my grandma are great memories. I mean, there are just like really great memories of, the smell of a church and sitting in the pew on Sunday morning, you know, and like, I still have a special play. I love um, instrumental music that, that speaks of Jesus. Don't tell, don't tell COC people, Andy. Oops. (laughs) Okay. We're on a podcast. Keep that a secret. But like, I still, the, still the acapella stuff I love, like there's still, um, I still just have a, when I hear acapella music, that's just, it does something for my soul, you know? So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I was trying to think of the last time I had that I was in a church where we sang acapella music, acapella music for those don't know, just means without (laughs) instruments, which people are like, you don't have music. That was always the comment to me. It's like, Oh, you go to church Christ. You guys don't have music. Andy, our voice is our instrument. What more do we need? Right. Right. (laughs) But that was always funny because I was like, no, we have music. We just don't have instrument, like, but yeah. I do think it's hard for people to separate. I don't know. Maybe it's because like I grew up not even church, but like in school, I was in choir and stuff. Like I was very used to singing without music. That wasn't that, or singing without instruments. That wasn't yeah. that rare to me. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Or like um, <laughs> I did solo ensemble and stuff like that. I don't nice. know if you were like a choir I, you know, like I tried to be, but I was mostly the kid in the back row singing watermelon, watermelon, you know, so because they would always put me in like alto and like I never understood and alto is like that weird, you have to be talented to be an alto in my opinion, because you have to like be able to read the music and be different than everybody else. I don't know. I couldn't do it. See, I always thought soprano was the more Ooh, difficult. Anyways, this is super boring. We're really... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, so church memories, all, you know, those are some positive memories. of Yeah. People. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I also, have, you know, like church, youth group stuff and mm-hmm. church camps and things like that. That was always, those were always fun times. Um, and then you go over, you go overseas, you live in Australia. Yeah. So when I, yeah. So born in Denver, Colorado, second, third grade, we went to Perth, Australia. We lived there for a year and a half. And that was, I think for me, that was a great experience because I mean, as a kid, we did a lot of, we lived by the beach and all the fun stuff, but like, um, it just opened my eyes to other cultures so much so that like when I was having to, you know, those are the years when you learned cursive writing. And so I learned cursive writing the British way, which some letter, some letters are different. And so like when I came back to the States, I got like ostracized in like third fourth grade like that's not right and I'm like I thought that is how you do an R anyways so um, that was in Texas you come back and you moved to Texas yeah yeah so right. but in Perth I mean Perth we still did we still found like a Church of Christ church people um that was really but what was really interesting I remember this memory is we went we were at a church and my mom and her friend we were both of they were both Americans they like like cut their hair super short um, like a, like a pixie, pixie haircut 
for all you ladies out there. Um, and the church like did not like that because they went, because they went this old way of like, you know, women should cover their hair. And I guess the way they interpreted that was like hair that's longer than an inch long. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But I do remember that being like an interesting thing. Um, but my parents kind of kept, as I got older, my mom's talked more about that and kind of what that did with her. But they kept that, my parents kind of kept that separate for us, I think, because they wanted us to still have a good church experience. You know what I mean? So anyways, we did church there. And then um, fourth and fifth grade, we moved back to the Houston area and, and then lived lived here in the, or lived in the Houston area. I'm not in Houston anymore. I'm in Dallas, but I lived in the Houston area. And we went, we, during that time, we, we were going to a very, very traditional, uh, Church of Christ, um, that we had kind of that be, be when we had moved from Denver to Houston the first time, um, we kind of went there. So that was kind of our like church home base for many, many years. But then like sixth grade, we got trans, my dad got transferred to Cairo, Egypt. And so we lived in Cairo, Egypt for, uh, three years. So sixth to eighth grade. Um, and that was, so that was an interesting faith changer. And I think just as a kid growing up, because, um, I'm in a country where it's all Muslims. Um, I go, I go to American school. So like, I know a lot of Americans, but I also know a lot of very wealthy Egyptians who can tell me about their, their, their faith beliefs, you know? So, um, we would like Ramadan and Alpha um, all the different holidays. Like I would get invited over to my friend's house and like experience mm-hmm. the culture and their beliefs, which was awesome. Like nineties, midnight, mm-hmm. mid nineties, you know, when friends was really kicking off. Right. Yeah. Friends, you know, love, sure. love me some friends. Mm-hmm. You watch friends but, with your friends in Egypt. They introduced me. Well, they introduced me to the soundtrack. <laughs> Is, is that a, is the front soundtrack a big thing? Yeah, it's, I guess the opening a, song. Yeah. The, and there's other like Hootie and the Blowfishes on the soundtrack, and it's just really good. Oh, so that's okay. how, But then we, I would go over to my friend's house and watch Friends. I know. Who knew? Wow. That's cool. <laughs> but the, so the school, but here's so the school, because um, their holy day is Friday. So I would go to school. Would you go on we Sunday? Would go to, yeah, we would go to school Sunday through whatever that was, Sunday through Thursday. I don't, yeah. Sunday through Thursday. Thanks. Um, and, um, so that kind of threw my parents off for a, a loop, you know, that sort of thing. But on Friday mornings, we would go to a community church. So not a church of Christ. We would go to a community church where faith, like all different, um, Christian spectrum, denominations, traditions, whatever you want to call them, would come together. People even from different countries. So like many of the, some, so Sudan, man, all these other African countries where people were refugees would come to this community church. Um, and at that church, uh, they had a female, female youth minister, um, uh, which kind of like blew my mind. Um, you know, and so she kind of, she took me and some other girls under her wing and we did like leadership stuff and all that. Um, but I don't know, sixth and seventh and eighth grade, I really wasn't into like church. I was kind of more into like boys and, um, you know, trying to figure out who I was and right. all that good stuff. So, um, but, but to, to worship with people that don't look like you yeah, that early on, is yeah, probably a very healthy thing. 
Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Um, just be, I mean, I think I grew up with people who didn't look like me. And so that was just a really good experience. And I, the more, I, the older I get, the more I value that. Right. Because right. A, lo- a lot of my friends who are like deconstructing stuff or just discovering that they have white privilege right now, I'm like, oh yeah, like I've known that for 18 years of my life, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Sure. Like people, people who are just discovering stuff. I'm like, Oh, like people are still are just discovering that stuff. Okay. So anyways, um, but you got, I'm glad people are discovering it whenever they discover it. Right. Like that's just good. So, but we, but here is the funny thing in order to still stay with our church of Christ roots, we would meet with a home group, a church of Christ home group on Sunday nights okay. <laughs> in somebody's apartment. Cause sure. they didn't have, they didn't have houses over there. They had apartments. So Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to do like for sports, I got to travel a lot to other Middle Eastern countries like, um, Jordan and, um, Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah, just all of those Middle Eastern, cause you know, when we, for sports, um, we just wanted to, yeah, soccer, basketball, we would travel, um, just to, in order to play other American schools. So, okay. So the the middle school, sixth to eighth grade, the middle school athletic program did tournaments and stuff in the Middle East with other American schools. And then the high schoolers did tournaments with other American schools in Europe. So, so they got to, you know, so we got to travel. Like I got to travel at a young age, you know, a lot. And, did they fly you? Uh, flew like us. Airplanes traveling? Yeah, airplanes. Yeah. Private jets for the... Yeah. Great American volleyball yeah. team. Yeah. And we were sponsored by, uh, you know, Nike, Nike and Reebok <laughs> and yeah. Duh. So what was the travel like? Cause I to was, me, like that I was going places, middle school and high school. It's all about like the bus rides to events. And I don't know, that stuff always impacted me a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was even if, like uh, the, the, the train or not the train, <laughs> The, the airplane ride was like that too. You know, you'd get up and talk to your friends and, you know, we would even, I mean, we would take buses to and from the schools and stuff like that when, once we got to the country. And so, I mean, that was always a fun, fun time. Yeah. So there's a lot of team building in that. that So, um, so yeah, but then, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. So that was just a really great experience. Yeah, you're exposed to a lot of stuff. Then you come back, and do you start high school in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, and that's those, gotta be. I don't know. Was that how was that? That was super rough. Like that was like, <laughs> what is one? Oh yeah, when you're like, whenever people ask me that question, like, what's one of your most difficult faith times? It's like, sure. hell yeah, it was high school. Like that was okay. That was so rough because I came back. So in Egypt, I got to take taxis, hang out with friends, do I wanted to do whenever I wanted, you know, like whenever I wanted to do it, there's a lot of freedom for me in Egypt. And so when I came back to the States, I had to like, I can't drive because I'm not 16 yet. Right. Like every, everybody knows everybody, um, already nobody. Um, I don't know, like this, the part of, that I were you in a small city when you come back? I mean, no, no. I mean, I lived in Katy. I lived in Katy, which is west side of uh, Houston. So it was growing. It was pretty big. Um, but like, I, I basically just like, but my high school was a new high school that was just opening. And so there was like, I mean, 
So they only had like ninth graders and 10th graders, but still that, that first year there was like 500 kids or something like that. Like, so I went from a school in, in Egypt that was a hundred kids where I knew everybody. And that was our whole sixth to eighth grade was a hundred kids to like a school where like my, my freshman class was like already like 300 people or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. So I freaked out. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, that's different than just moving from like Wisconsin to Tennessee, you know, like yeah. that I did. I mean, that's totally different. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I, I, it was culture shock for sure. Cause I, I had spent all three years like in Egypt and in the Middle East and then traveling around Europe with my family when we were on vacation. And I come back to a school where like kids don't even know anything about world history events or everybody looks like me basically. And I can't have a car and I have no friends and making friends is like the hardest thing to do at this school. Like everybody was just super super clicky. Like, I don't know, like it took me probably a good three and a half years in high school to find a friend. And then finally the friend I did find was like somebody, she moved from Canada. So like she knew how it felt, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so was there any, uh, was there any like difficult, just like, you know, high school, middle school, one of those two is probably hard for people. Yeah. I feel like if middle school wasn't hard, then maybe high school was and vice versa. Yeah. So yeah. then you get done with high school and is there any, you know, I know you ultimately end up going to college, but what was that decision-making like? Was there any questions or did you want to go back overseas? I mean, so yeah. my, okay, well, yes, I, I thought I did it for a long time. And so, so much so that my freshman year, I was such a pain in the butt like just adjusting that my mom was like, Hey, for Christmas, we're sending you back to Egypt by yourself to go figure stuff out and like get some closure. And then you need to come back and be a different person. Cause you're just, you're just, we don't even know what to do with you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They're like, just go back to Cairo. So I'm like a 14 year old traveling to like Milan, Italy with my layover and then going to Cairo, Egypt, you know, just like what? So anyways, that's awesome. um, But it was good for me. Like my great to me. I mean, it was good. It was good closure. Now for a quick commercial break. <laughs> Abilene Christian University. I know we have several listeners that have, um, you know, professors, students, yeah. or students uh, from there. So you decide to go there. Yeah. And, you know, I think you went overseas again when you yeah. were at ACU, right? So you yeah. can have this, I mean, multiple, what, three, four times? You're yeah. going from Houston or Dallas to somewhere very different from Houston yeah. to Dallas. And then yeah. back. Yeah. So I graduated, yeah, I graduated from, yeah, I graduated from uh, high school, went to ACU. And then my, I think it was my sophomore year at ACU, there was a Oxford study abroad program. So I spent a semester um, over there. Um, so Not Oxford, Mississippi either. Nope. It was, it was a tad farther than the old Mississippi. <laughs> old, old Miss. Old Miss, little, right. A little more. I worked there for a little bit, so I... Oh, nice. Shout out to there. So (laughs) yeah. So you go to Oxford, England. Yep. Um, What was that like? 
man, that was just really good for my soul. Like during that time, there was a lot of like family stuff that was going on in my life. And so I really did see it as my Jonah. I call it my Jonah chapter where I thought I was going to just like run away from all the family problems and, um, and just not have to worry about them. But it was really during that time that God really just showed like my own heart and, um, kind of like how I was kind of very turning. I mean, I call it like he was showed me that I was really turning into a Pharisee, like very becoming very legalistic and non-gracious and rule follower, um, during that time. And so that was really a time of transformation for me. Um, and, um, just kind of reflecting on my own heart of how to just be, the person I want to be in the world of faith. You know what I mean? Like, so, cause I just had the, a lot of those church of Christ, tr- very traditional, very conservative views and things are just happening in my family where I just, I, I couldn't be those things, you know? So. It's amazing. We have all these, you know, major transitions in our life, you know, looking back on, you know, just studying psychology, you know, yeah. you go through these different changes of life of being a person But then I also think there's a lot of like um, religious and spiritual transformation that happens at, at, you know, around the same age for for a lot of us. And then I feel like for us kind of Church of Christ kids, and maybe it's not just Church of Christ, but it all comes back to like, we just don't understand the concept of grace. Right. Like the be perfect as as I am perfect verse. Right, right. We so many of us in the church of Christ, I think hopefully a lot of people listening that, you know, church of Christ has probably my biggest following and we just don't understand that you can actually sin and have grace. And that's right. like actually right. a normal part of the Christian experience. Right. Like even in my head, it's like, well, I can't ever do anything wrong. Right. Like what? Yeah. I'm right. supposed to exactly. be perfect. And that, man, that really messes with you. Yeah, no, it totally, it definitely messed with me in my journey of um, just this drive of having to be perfect. And and it also fed into a lot of lies of like, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm all these things. And so, man, just honestly, through a lot of therapy <laughs> mm-hmm. and a lot of like good, just good, wiser people who have kind of helped lead me um, to just know different and be different. And even my own personal experience has just led me to know different. And there's been more freedom for me in that for sure. You know? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are those people that have taught you the most? I mean, I know there's probably hundred of them, but yeah, I mean that, that mean more to you or not mean more to you, but <laughs> just stick out. Well, now I can't say their names, Andy. I know, I totally <laughs> Of the so many people that have influenced you. Yeah. I mean, I would, you want to recognize, I would say my youth minister at church, Julie, she was a huge influence. Um, and just other various women who I have seen in church leadership settings. Um, like, I mean, honestly, like at ACU, uh, Janine Reese, when she was teaching there, I took one or I think, I think I took her women in church class and that was where we learned about women in church. And then our major assignment was like to preach. Um, at the end. And that was just really influential to me because number one, I was like, I like, this is a thing and a thing that women can do and I'm doing it. What, you know, that sort of thing. So I would say those are two huge people who have, um, it just impacted different ways. You know, there's, there is so many other people. I mean, 
Yeah. Even um, just even some of the people at ACU who were into spiritual transformation type stuff, the contemplative stuff, those people, those professors just really, I wanted to, you know, understand more of where they were coming from. Um, I lo- I will do a shout out to Dr. Hamilton. Um, he was, he was an Old Testament professor at ACU when I did some, um, my uh, master's in Christian ministry. Um, he just helped me to understand um, the Bible, the Old Testament and to appreciate it um, as well as like, Hey, books of the Bible are genres and mm-hmm. We should see just kind of how to see the and read the Bible, basically. So my ACU two years in that graduate program were um, was a lot of deconstructing my faith and then rebuilding my faith for sure. So yeah. So one of the things that I talk about is on this podcast winter, like a winter Christian, mm-hmm. and I would say like a winter Christian is somebody who has a like doesn't have a hard time um, believing in God, they're not like on the verge of atheism, but they are somebody who experiences God closely through like lament and pain and suffering Mm -hmm. and really likes to dive deep into like lament Psalms. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Job has always been one of my favorite books of the Bible and learning about like the exile and Christians that have been exiled through faith or, or because of their faith. And so like that's how I connect a lot to God is through like sometimes faith is like cold and mm-hmm. dark and dead. And mm-hmm. that's, that's like winter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then other people, I've had people say they're a spring Christian. Mm-hmm. I've had people say they're a summer Christian. Uh-huh. Um, they experience God a lot through, through joy. And I think they're kind of all necessary, but I do, you know, I do connect yeah. a lot with being a winter Christian so yeah. where would you kind of fall, you know, I don't, where, where do you kind of see yourself? Um, it's really about like how you connect to God. As yeah. Kind of yeah. So, I mean, I really, I mean, honestly, like how I, I really connect to God is like through, um, outdoors, like nature for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it even through the arts. So like poetry or music mm-hmm. or, um, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of just vis- the visual arts are a huge part of how I connect with God, nature. Um, so yeah, I always when I was had my go to down moments, I would always go towards um, uh, Psalms, and then in some of my really some of my really dark nights of the soul, I would go to Lamentations and just kind of read through Lamentations. <laughs> See, yeah, I get that. I but, get that. I totally you know, that. and and I think over the years too, I would say. Um, I've, for me, I've really started to explore a lot of, um, the Holy spirit, which is something growing up. I, I, we just never talked about. And so just believing in the power and the authority of Jesus through the Holy spirit. And so I think because of that, my faith has kind of shifted. I would say a fall. Can I say a fall faith? Sure. That's what I would say. Cause a little bit of like the wintry stuff, but also, also this, um, this knowing that like there is, that there's amazing power and authority that we have that we can tap into on this earth to inspire people to come to the table, um, to know Jesus, you know, and to know God and the Holy spirit. So, and current, um, get into your, um, career a little bit. I'd love for you to share, you know, what you're currently doing for work. 
because mm-hmm. I think that relates to to your faith, obviously. This um, this knowing that like there is that there's amazing power and authority that we have that we can tap into on this earth to inspire people to come to the table, um, to know Jesus, you know, and to know God and the Holy spirit. So, and current, um, get into your, um, career a little bit. I'd love for you to share, you know, what you're currently doing for work. Cause Mm -hmm. I think that relates to, to your faith, obviously. Yeah. So, um, so I currently, I, um, I do, I'm the adult program manager at an um, agency called new friends, new life. And we work with women and youth who have been, or who are at risk for being sexually exploited. So women and youth who have been sex trafficked or, um, or they've been in prostitution or strip clubs or, um, Craigslist, you know, all of those, all of those things, just how being sexually exploited. So I work with a lot of trauma, trauma survivors. Um, and what I do, I get to do is teach and I do some of the spiritual support stuff with them as well. And so that's just been really fun because I get to teach life skills classes for their employment. I get to just do fun community events with them, whether it's like barbecues or going to sports games or, just kind of experiencing this Dallas, the city that they may not have been able to experience it so far in their, you know, thus far in their life. Um, and then, um, and then I kind of do some spiritual support stuff. So I'll teach like Bible study and things like that. And, um, and then currently also part of, I've just got certified as a spiritual director through Lipscomb university. Um, and so just, um, trying to tap into how to create that to become a ministry for myself and, how to reach out to people, um, is something that I'm super interested in. I'm interested in like, like I, I have the social work background. And so I work with a lot of clinical people and I do think that there is a, there's so much value in healing people clinically. Um, and I've also see how people can be healed, um, in a, in a spiritual way with their souls and their soul wounds. And that's just the way that I've been more drawn to. Like, I've never wanted to go more in depth with my social work degree that I could become more clinical. I've always wanted to go more towards like the ministry, um, spiritual side of things. And so that's kind of how I fell into spiritual direction. Certification through Lipscomb. Uh-huh. You have the Masters of Christian Ministry from ACU. Yeah, and then a it's Masters of Social Work. work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Masters in Social Work? Yeah, Masters in Social Work. So a lot of school. A lot of school. And the funny thing is, the funny thing is, y'all, I hate school. I <laughs> hate it. Like I hate the assignments. I hate being inside the classroom because I'd rather be outside. Mm-hmm. Like I hate it. And here's the, I, I like to learn. I love to learn. So like if I could just audit all the classes in the world, like I would do it because I just yeah. like to learn and know more about things. Like I'm always Googling things. I'm always like, I have stacks of books everywhere. I have stacks of books in my Kindle, mm-hmm. you know, you know, my Kindle is like starting to die because I have like so many books. The memory is just dying, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I do a lot of books on the the library app. It's called Libby. Yeah. That's probably a better idea. And so I get a lot of books through there and I, uh, yeah, I totally, I totally get See, that. And here's so. the, pre- the pressure though, to like, like get a book from the library. Then I feel pressure that I have to read it. And like, I know you can always renew it, blah, blah, blah. But like, just too much pressure. Yeah, it's nice though because it's just it's all downloaded, so it's not like you have to I go know. anywhere. I know. It's pretty. 
but yeah, I get emails every day like that book's new, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I checked that one out. So yeah, I, I really have enjoyed that as far as kind of like auditing because I've been out of school for a while. So yeah, I I get the auditing part. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Do you feel um, well, I guess you already answered this. You talked about connecting to God through nature. What is um, your current job working working with the the women, the organization you work with? How has that, I guess, affected your your faith just as a woman and, mm-hmm. and growing? Mm-hmm. You know, growing up the way you grew up, the influential women in your life now working. You know, you might be that influential person in some of their lives, hopefully. Yeah. So what? Yeah. How is that? I try. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you try. Right. <laughs> um, it's really cool. Like I, I really do enjoy, like all of our staff is mostly all women. So, I mean, that's just really, it's, it's fun and it's can be hard at times, but mostly it's fun in that we're just, a, all of us are a bunch of women empowering um, women. And we do it as a team with all of our different expertise and the pieces of the puzzle that we were created to be. So, which is just awesome. And I mean, working with, I mean, I really just do love working with women when they have just felt so devalued and so belittled and with their head down and they don't feel like they're worthy. And then they come to our program for, you know, a couple months and they walk through and their head is held high and they have a light there's just a light around them. They are feeling more um, excited. When I teach the classes, I love when they have those aha moments. So like when they say, Oh my gosh, Carol, like you just said this word, that's how I've been living my life. And, and now I, but you're showing me how the steps of how I can be aware of it and how to kind of alter those types of things, you know? So that's awesome. So like, for example, like the other day I was teaching a class on shame with a lot of Brene Brown uh, material. And it's this idea of like teaching the member, our women, we call them members, uh, like about shame and what is shame and then how to become more shame resilient. Um, and so there's just a lot of light bulbs going off and it was just really great discussion. And it just is really great to see them, you know, have those really great moments of like, no, like I have value. I have something to add to the world. I can be a voice. I am a voice. I, I've, you know, like, I don't know, like there's just so many people who go, people who go care. It's so great what you do. And I'm like, I mean, no, like I just get to, what I get to do is walk through a door every day and be with women who, um, are incredibly resilient and incredibly courageous and I get to just be in their presence because they've been through some a lot of hell mm-hmm. in this world, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, just, and I don't know how they're still standing and I don't know why they're still standing, but they are. Um, and that just attests a lot to the human, human nature, I think. And just how incredibly, I don't know, just how incredible they are, really. Well, just how resilient people can be. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you look at people exactly. that have survived cancer. You look at people that have survived the Holocaust. You look at, um, Yeah. I've, I've been on me. So, yeah, I think there's something, I don't think it's just me and you, hopefully a lot of people, we get something out of seeing other people be resilient. Right. And then we yeah. think, like, I can't do that. Right. Uh, we get so much hope seeing that, like, we, we should do a podcast on, like, shame, resiliency yeah because I think it's you know it's good to study shame and not be good enough but it's also like what are the tools to being resilient right is probably a more helpful thing no it is it's so much more helpful um but yeah and I mean just being in I mean and I think 
just the way that I grew, like the way that my faith has changed of like that women can be leaders in the church and not just have to be in the back corners of like, like I, I was never, I was never built when people told me like, Hey, you can go work in children's church. Like I was like, no, I don't feel like that's what I'm created to be. Like, I feel like I'm created to like teach and preach and talk to people. And they're like, no, okay, go to the youth group, but only teach the the boys and girls until they're 10 years old or 12 years old, you know? And you're just like, no, like that's not what I'm created to do, you know? And so I've really had, I've had to struggle to do, like I keep having to trying to have to claw my way to like be in this teacher preacher position as a woman in the church. And, and then, and so I don't know, it's really great to go to work every day and just know that like we, all of us as women have, we've, we've all struggled and it's been in different ways. It's totally different ways. And our situations are definitely not similar, but we're able to journey along with each other because we can understand what that feeling of like rejection and devalue and loneliness is and being tremendously hurt with trauma, you know, cause a lot of, a lot of, you know, some of, you know, people go into this line of work because of this, uh, their own trauma. And so they just want to help. And so, um, I think that that's the going to work every day and seeing those aha moments is kind of what keeps me going in my faith and people and seeing people heal from the inside and how they, how they can be then created to thrive is just an incredible process that God does with each of us. And that's why I like enjoy going to work and being in those places of people of healing people. Cause I can see God's work healing them in incredible ways that I can't even describe sometimes. And so, um, so the yeah, work is, awesome. so the work is hard and, and people like people are always like, well, you know, why do you stay in it or what do you keep? But it's just like, cause I want to see more of God doing in the spirit moving in, in people. And that's why I do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, just, I know a little bit of your, your journey with, you know, with, um, like becoming more of a leader, being a woman, and then also the journey that you have of reaching out to the uh, LGBT um, community mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. important that is to you. And we've done a podcast with with our friend Sally Gary about the importance of of the church and yeah. And your you know your your story of how like God's I would. I would say bringing healing or has brought healing to your family through some, um, some of those issues close to home. Is that something you want to speak about? Yeah. So, um, I mean, another huge impact of my, my faith, the journey was when my brother came out and he told me he was gay. And so just kind of having to walk through, um, all of the things the church had told me about, um, homosexuality, what's in the Bible. And then also then now it's my brother who's gay and how to kind of balance, like just understanding all that. Like, I remember when I was in college, like I was just like, my world was spinning. Cause I was like, I don't know what this means. I don't know how to put these two messages together. Do they go together? If they do go together, how do they go together? Like, can, can I like God and my brother and like, what does that mean? And, um, and so that wasn't like, I mean, that was where God did a whole lot of like this simple message of like, Kara, you just need to love, you just need to love people, love, love him. And, and honestly, I, there was a moment when I, I was like, God, like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what do you mean? Just love. And God was like, it's okay. Like, I will, 
I'll show you what that means. And so that was a huge journey of me digging into, um, my theology and, um, just being around Sally Gary and centerpiece ministry, um, in very, um, public ways. So at conferences, but also very personal ways of like groups that she has. Um, and so the, um, that was just really healing for me to just understand, like just being, being with people who either like, who, who either identify, just identify on some of the spectrum of LGBTQ and hearing their stories and being with them and being in their presence and just being, being with them. And sit, like, it's not like, I just, it's like making a new friend and not being like, Oh, we're sitting together because you're gay or you're a different color than me, or you're, you know, like all the things you're like, you're just a human and we're just going to have, we're, let's just talk about movies. Like, let's just joke, you know, like, and so, um, that has helped me grow in this word of grace and mercy um, for myself more. Like God was like, I thought that me with my brother being gay, I really did think that like that would be a journey with my family of like trying to fix his heart for some stupid reason. Like so stupid to say that now, but like it was, it was my heart and my, my parents' hearts um, that are, were the changing that were that needed the transformation and, you know, they're still being transformed, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. So, um, so that's given me a heart of like just a, pl- a platform and a heart for working with families and working with siblings who, when they've got brothers or sisters who, who come out, who come out that they, I, that I want to be a safe place and support for them to be able to process their own feelings. Because for me, as my parents were trying to find resources to find their own processing and just try to support my brother in the best way they knew how at that time, which was there weren't a lot of resources or a lot of support from the church. Like I didn't, I also needed resources and a place to process and I didn't have that either. And so, um, so that's kind of where, where my work with, uh, Sally Gary. And, you know, like I always tell, I tell this story now because a couple months ago, my mom was like, Kara, like, do you think you would even like, do you even think you would like be a part of this like LGBTQ community if, if Kellen or if my brother hadn't come out? Um, And I was like, mom, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. And that really made me sad because it made me sad because I was like, I don't like, I mean, I'm human. So the only good parts of me are or Jesus, you know, you know, but I was just like, I don't know if I could say that. And then, and then as I thought of process that, like, I was like, you know, God, I'm thankful that I may have not have made that, that you have made that part of my narrative. Um, because it's part of my, it's part of uh, my story and just the power that you have transformed me and you just used my brother and, um, his sexuality to be more like you. So I'm going to thank you, you know, <laughs> But yes, but, um, but that's why I was saying is like, I processed it to like, cause it took me, it took me aback, you know, I was like, what? And so I had to process that of like, okay, God, like I need to hear from you on this one because I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel the shame. I'm not going to feel the, whatever I'm supposed to feel with that or, you know, whatever she intended unconsciously, unconsciously, whatever. And that really was this idea of like, God, you just put stuff in my, you just, it's just part of my narrative. Like, it's just you, you did it. I'm, you know, and so it's just part of, part of what you use to help me to be more like you, you know? Right. Yeah. So, so it's a part of your journey. It's part yeah. of the story and God's using it just like other, you know? Yeah, exactly. Else, so. Yeah. So that's kind of how I did. I take it just as that, you know, of like, I probably wouldn't 
but that's the but that's the great mystery of God is that He will use anything and everything to put into our lives to then help make it a platform for us to be His voice to bring people to the table to gather people. You know, that's what I think. So, absolutely. Well, I usually um, wrap it up with a couple of questions here that I've done on all my shows. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. so you're a pretty serious um, worker. You have a serious <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah. Um, you have. You know, you have to maintain a good, healthy marriage, which is a lot of work, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or a dog owner, which also is a lot of work. Yeah. And so what are the things that bring levity or lightness to your life? Or another way to ask it is, what are things that make you laugh? Things that go in during the tough tough times. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think it's um, just kind of watching so watching a lot of funny movies is always a good thing comedy is a great relief for me um also just um like reading reading um I really try to do this but I don't do it as much as I should but reading fiction books about stuff um that kind of like you know just change your mind a little bit um I mean, also I hang out with like just, um, doing things that bring about creative outlets for me. So like the podcast that we do or just different, um, trying to create, I don't know, this sounds weird, but like just studying and creating curriculum of ideas that I have. And so just helping to find creative outlets for myself is just always helpful. Um, yeah. So, so being creative. Yeah. What are, what are you and your husband watch that makes you guys laugh? Um, let's see. We watch, um, well, like the office. We really like the office. Uh Um, he's a huge fan of parks and rec. And so, um, when I sit down and watch it, I will, I will laugh as well. Those are kind of go-tos in our house, the office and parks and rec. Yeah. I mean, I will still, I'll still turn on a good friends episode to also just you know, go away from the world, which I saw recently on Facebook that a study shows that if you do watch friends, you're like, if you're, you, um, you have lower depression and things like that for friends, specifically yeah. friends, friends, the show. Right. Right. So, right. so if, if, Hey, podcast world, if you are, if you struggle with depression, um, tap, put in a few, get on Netflix and do friends. Cause friends is on Netflix now. <laughs> I've just, there's your, wow. there's your prescription. Good to know. That was Facebook. So it's gotta be true. Totally. That's totally. very accurate. Thank you for that. Um, um, so when another question I have is when is your own podcast going to be starting? Like my own personal one, your own personal Ooh. podcast. You know, you're not the first person to say that. I think it's, well, yeah, somebody like another, like actually the other night I was talking to one of our members at work and she's like, Kara, you need to have a YouTube channel. And I was like, yep. Yeah. What? what's a YouTube channel? Cause I don't know technology stuff, but, um, and I was like, well, what would I, I don't know. I was like, well, you need to tell me what I would teach or talk about because like, that's the part of it is just like, what would I talk about? So I don't know. Yeah. That's why I want to hear it. Cause that's I don't know. Not you. <laughs> um, so have you seen the movie eighth grade? No. Okay. That that's that's your talk about creative outlet for starting your youtube channel starting your own podcast i hope this movie motivates you and not depresses you but to eighth grade eighth grade (laughs) it got nominated for best picture i believe last year Uh uh-huh i think that's right it should have been even if it it should have been fantastic 
Yeah. From the perspective of an eighth grade girl. Nice. And it's okay. all about social media and being in eighth grade. Okay. Okay. And, nice. Uh, very, very good. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Other sh- Okay. So here's another deal. Like, so other shows that I also like to watch are things like American Ninja Warrior and America's, okay. got, America's got Talent and um, World of Dance. <laughs> okay. So, because, because those shows are like very, so they're creative shows and just like, it shows that like, like the human, the human capacity of like, I don't know what it is, like that they can be strong. And, and then I also like their backstories. Also American Enjoyer is something that we've started watching as a family. So good. And cause it's hard to find a show that your kids can watch and you can watch. Right. That right. Just, you don't lose your mind. So, Mr. Rogers is too boring for her, but that's where I want to go. <laughs> watch that all the time. Jeopardy. Dan- she gets Dan- into Jeopardy hey, a little bit. That's so. hilarious. Daniel Tiger's the new Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she's, okay. I mean, she just, she's seen them all and she's, <laughs> it's, it's not exciting enough for her. So, got it. Yeah. Daniel Tiger's awesome. Like, yeah. He's like my favorite superhero. So, <laughs> But yeah, American Enjoyer, yeah. we want to start, we, we did build like a, um, climbing wall in our backyard. Nice. So nice. We're trying to, you know, it's hot out here, but we try to get her to do that. So yeah, our next That's... project is trying to build one in the garage. So, oh man. Yeah. Working on That's that. That's awesome. That's awesome. To be yeah. on that show, what's kind of annoying, like I, what I find, here's the jadedness of me, is like you'll see them on the show one season and then the next season they'll be like, they just opened another, they opened a Ninja Warrior, uh, blah, blah, blah. They're a gym owner. Right. So you're just like, they all are gym owners, which I'm, yes. some, when they're not a gym owner at this point, I have a high respect for that because yeah. they're, not only are they doing like their day job, but they're also like performing at this high level of athleticism. So yeah. Yeah, it is. But anyways. And it's a lot of the same people over and over and over again. Yeah. So maybe we'll get some new people in there this season. Who knows? Yeah. So, but yeah, but other things that just make me happy is like, yeah, hanging out with my dog. He's yeah. eight, eight month year old, but he's 60 pounds. And so he's hitting this, I think he's hitting this um, pre, pre-teen pub- <laughs> puberty stage, which right. is super fun for us. Ugh. So... But he does goofy things, and we play with him, and he's been super fun. So he's my little baby head. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I think I'll throw this one out here, too, because we've talked about this. Um, Conan O'Brien has a bunch of stuff right now on Netflix. Yes. Yes. A lot of stuff on Netflix where he travels to different countries, and it's really funny. So I've been listening to that. And then for um, – church listeners out there if you've heard of the podcast mega which is a fictional podcast of a mega church and written by a saturday night live writer they have i don't know 50 episodes or something and it's all about church culture and the singles ministry the women's ministry the youth ministry and oh, it is ridiculous. Kara, where can we find you on social media? Um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Kara Christensen. Um, I love I love the gram, the Instagram. <laughs> so you can find me on Kara L. Christensen. Today's artwork was done by Dominique Frazier. The intro was done by Scarlet Fox. The music you're listening to, Josh Cleveland and the creator and editor and producer of the Winter Faith Podcast, yours truly, 
Andy Frazier. Well, you did it again. You spent your time listening to my show. You probably could have spent this time playing games or binging Game of Thrones on your phone, but instead you spent it with me, so I thank you for your time. If you haven't already, downloaded and subscribed to the Winter Faith Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't already, please leave a review on iTunes with good, bad, or ugly feedback. All feedback is good, no matter what, in my opinion. Also, please consider supporting the show on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Okay, my commercials are done. Andy, out. <laughs>